Hi. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. It's we've gone to London again. Oh, did I? I don't even know what that was. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I just think we entertain ourselves yes, with some yes, silly. Because what else are we gonna do? What else are we gonna do? Gotta yep. practice. Pra- practice for that upcoming upcoming British role that I'll never get. Never say never. Maybe. I know, right? I have a bad attitude. I've been a little negative this week Why? for some reason. I don't know. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird when, but then I tell myself, "You're." I might be like hungry or or just tired or something. I feel like I get... I'm always hungry and tired. <laughs> well, those and those things can cause negativity. That explains so much. It does. Yeah, that that hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Season three, episode seventeen. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe it's these episodes. Maybe it is season three. That's just uh, getting yeah, there, to us. I, I definitely have a lot of uh, going on as I'm watching, so that definitely could be it. Okay. Well, welcome to the OC bitches. We are in season three, episode seventeen, the journey. The journey took me a while to figure out because I always like to figure out what the title means in the episode. Well, it's because of the birthday thing exactly at first i was like what journey are they going on because no they're going to become foreigners yes anyway (laughs) they're foreigners on a journey okay the cohen's throw ryan a party for his 18th birthday and ryan can't decide whether or not to invite marissa after their breakup sandy tries to track down dawn to surprise ryan meanwhile summer confronts julie about her and her dad dating and marissa crashes into an old memory and grows closer to volchuk Directed by Roxanne Dawson, written by John Stevens, original air date March 16th, 2006. One of the few times we had a female director. Isn't I know. It interesting? We only had, a, I think, three. My how times have changed. Oh, no, it's almost every director, it feels like, yeah. um, is uh, female now. Yes, so, it's yes. awesome. Times have changed. Times have changed. So, so this episode. Yes, we open up on that Cohen kitchen Shocking. again. And it's Ryan's 18th birthday coming up. He's eight gonna be 18 i know crazy I, although i was i was looking for the actual month i mean i guess we're supposed to assume it's march but they never really show the actual month like when his actual birthday is yeah they show the 19th on the calendar but they don't actually show oh really okay. yeah it's the 19th he's yeah. a 19er yeah okay but of course um everyone of course the coens and they, they you know it's a rite of passage and they want him to celebrate the 18th birthday and mm-hmm. he's kind of a bahumbug for his birthday because yeah. marissa and he have broken up well, yeah, he's like, but he's kind of explains that. Oh, he well, ever like since birthdays. you know we had he had a few good ones, and then his mom was day drinking on the couch, and they all <laughs> kind of do that like uh, jump in here awkward moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Kirsten goes, but it doesn't have to be a big to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone wants to celebrate his birthday more than him for sure. But that that's when he says, "Yeah, we broke up." They didn't know. No, I don't think he told him because it happened. I, I guess we're so. This is the thing. I was trying to figure out how long how long it's been. Has it been a week? You know, he's thinking about her, but then of course we see that um, Marissa is still at the lifeguard tower. She just lives there now. She hasn't moved <laughs> since the last episode. Yeah, she just is where she lives. Starts and ends. Well, they built it on stage, so it's comfy and warm. <laughs> She's just sleeping there. <laughs> She's just sleeping there, camping right. out. And then all of a sudden, we show Summer and Marissa at school. And she instantly is worried that she's depressed and she's not eating. Mm-hmm. She's like, you've had a couple M&Ms mm-hmm. and a banana. And all I could think was, have you heard of the term almond mom recently? No. That it goes back to Yolanda Hadid when, um, oh. back in the day when Gigi Hadid was like, mom, I'm kind of dizzy. And she's like, have a couple almonds. So they're saying <laughs> that an almond mom is someone who kind of, who basically um, imposes strict 
or calorie restriction or and all I could think was has has Marissa become like an almond, not necessarily an almond mom, but she's eating like nuts. Wait, I've never heard that term. It's that's it, something like going around that uh-huh, she did that it, to her kids. They're calling it a yeah, when she's like mom. Well, I do hear if you eat like four almonds a day, there's many benefits. <laughs> I read so that you're, you're now you're an almond mom. I'm an almond mom. But she goes, no, I ate pancakes. But of course she sees Ryan. They, they meet each other's oh, eyeballs. Oh, yeah, yeah, and she runs off. And she takes off. and So they're both really avoiding each other. They don't want to face it because they've broken up. Super awkward. Oh, but you say something else really funny. What do I She's say? She's like, you're staring. What are you staring out like you're some naval, naval widow? widow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Summer. But she she instantly guesses because she Summer needs to tell her about Julie and Neil. Like it's really important that I tell her from right. the last episode. Right. And it's like she goes, I, I I just can't. So but of course then she she jumps on Ryan. She's like, What are you gonna do? It's um it's um lesbian awareness day or something in the in the flyer that he's reading oh. on the wall. <laughs> and then she goes to Seth and says, We have this problem. Mm-hmm. This problem of they're in this Post breakup limbo, right? Because Seth is like, we've done so much to get them back together, and we know we're not going to do that anymore. Our, you know, our our work goes unthinked, right? Because they don't. And Seth to says to Summer, "Oh yeah, today's the day that you're going to tell Marissa that your parents did the bone dance." <laughs> yeah, the bone dance. Right. I mean, how repulsive is that? If someone came up and was like, "You want a bone dance?" <laughs> would you be like, "Hell yeah"? Or would you be like, "That's disgusting"? Well, and that's why. As I mean, I think I wonder if our audience watching Seth back then, it's funny, and then as an adult, you're like, "The bone dance." There's just certain terms that are kind of ew, right? I've never heard the bone dance before. <laughs> Have you? You now you hear it twice in one scene because he repeats it at the end. The bone dance. Well, then there's other things. So the other thing he's going that's going on is he says, "You know, Summer's talking about Marissa." Saying because she has to, you know, help them get out of this. Okay, now they can't they can't be stuck in this weird limbo. And he mentions that it's Ryan's birthday. And she's like, oh, it's Ryan's birthday now? What was he thinking? Yeah. Like how would <laughs> it's his fault. Why would he break up with her right before the birthday? Why can't he do it after? Does she Oh, I was just thinking I thought she meant like, why would he have a birthday right now? Right, right. Well, I think, what was he thinking? Yeah, I mean, that's how I took it at yeah. summer in my brain. I was like, she was just being funny. Like, why would he have a, how dare he have a birthday right now? Right. Well, and also just like it's a few days after a breakup is difficult. And for sure. And so it's an interesting thing. I thought it was, she's like, I have to worry about, listen, I have enough to worry about. I have to worry about Julie Cooper giving my dad VD and taking all this money. <laughs> so my plate is full. But in the meantime, I think it's a really interesting way for for the audience to get exposition, you know, mm-hmm. letting the audience know what's going on right. through a through character is way more interesting than somebody saying, "Hey, you know, just repeating what's been going on because it's important in dramatic television that we have to let people know what's going on." Always. Always and always. So fun. So the whole story is unfolding with Ryan and Sadie, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the breakup. They're avoiding each other. And then we have this other thing going on with Ryan and Sadie, which, by the way, Sadie's like renovating this home like all by herself. Do you find that like incredibly odd? I Well, it's very complicated. First of all, I guess Gwen is staying in Ashland and mm-hmm. they're selling the house now. Johnny's mother. So she yes. got a little money from what's his name and we don't, you know, the insurance claim. I, I'm assuming that's coming through and now it's just time for her to stay with her sister up in Oregon. And for Sadie to completely demo and remodel yeah, the house. Yeah, something, a paint job on a... <laughs> 
a little a little paint job and maybe the magic eraser on a, on a wall. That's how I'd move. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, but walls are open and it's it's very odd to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are they going to demo this set anyway because yeah. they know he's leaving or something? I don't know. It, it's written into something, but it's it's something that brings Ryan and Sadie closer. And yeah. then, and when it is his birthday, you know, she gives him that. Uh, the present, which I actually think is really cute, this hammer that's oh, engraved. Can we talk about this hammer <laughs> that she said she personally engraved? It's literally like a paragraph of perfectly precise <laughs> <laughs> letters. I'm like, there's no way she engraved. Does she have like a professional? Does she does she whittle in her past? Something like, she's got some. She's, she's a got whittler. some skills. But then think think of She's me every time you pound something. I know. Which is, <laughs> I love Ben. It was like a genuine smile. Yeah, it was a genuine smile. He and she have very good chemistry. Yes. They, they in real life, I, I remember them hanging out. You said that before. Yeah. yeah, they were like homies. Yeah, they were definitely friendly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, in the meantime, though, um, while that's all going on, Kirsten has brought up it's Ryan's 18th birthday and I think there should be a family member. And right. what about Dawn? Yeah. And, <laughs> and Sandy has Sandy's to track like, her down. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, he decides he's going to track her down and she's in trouble. And I'm like, if she's in trouble, why do you want to bring this? You don't want to bring trouble around. Well, it is his mom. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So he takes off to Albuquerque to go look Albuquerque. for Albuquerque. Look for her. Yep. Look for her. He does. Um, and then Marissa realizes it's going to be Ryan's birthday. She's super depressed about it. You know, I think she's having a hard time with the breakup, but she's still being, like, stalked by Volchuk. He's out there on a motorcycle taking off. And then he, off. like, He's, takes like, off lingering. before. Yeah. It's, yeah. This, whole, this whole cat and mouse thing with her and Volchuk is very interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when Ryan did go to visit um, Sadie, he talks about this birthday thing. Mm-hmm. And... And then she's, he's like, I don't know if I want to invite her. Cause she, and she gets it because Seth He doesn't is, know if he wants to invite Marissa. Yeah. Do I, yeah. If I invite her, do I not? And that's this whole thing. Do I invite her to my birthday party? And Seth has said, you know, he came with all these invitations that yeah. he just miraculously has like 100 invitations and they're just so nicely done and all that. Yeah. And Ryan only knows four people. You're right. But, <laughs> it's, and he, but I do like that Seth is like, do I invite her? And Seth says, that's above my pay grade. Right, this right, right. Yeah, you. it's up to you. Make it a is. decision. But what do you think? Don't you think like he should invite Marissa? And 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 also, here's the other thing. It's like if, if I give her an invitation based on this show, what the writers are saying, if I give her an invitation, it means I want to get back together. I don't want to give her the wrong message. I feel like that's like, the opposite. But you honestly. can give her it's there's I a, feel like it's being inclusive and considerate because everyone's going to go that you know and you're all so close. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it means like we're going to get back together if I invite you to my birthday party with a professional invitation in an envelope that everyone's getting. Like that right. doesn't, you know? No, and I think so. But here's the, th- the other thing. Why are so many characters on the show are so wishy-washy? They make a decision in the last episode. Like Neil was like, I want to be with you. And then the next episode, he didn't know if he wanted to be with Julie. Right. And so I'm breaking up with you. And now literally... Literally, this is he. They're still in this limbo, which is summer is correct. That they're trying to figure out what that decision needs to be made, and mm-hmm. Sadie can tell that he hasn't made the final decision. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess in any post breakup, like if I'm broken up, I'm done. Mm-hmm. If you ever get to that point, there's no like going back in my from in my world. But have you ever had that lingering thought, like I broke up with somebody, and I maybe we'll get back together? I guess with these two characters, it's realistic. Yeah, I think so. Look at their history. Yeah. 
The holidays are just around the corner. Holy crap. And HelloFresh makes this busy time of year easier than ever with chef-crafted recipes and pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your door so you can spend less time meal planning and prepping with HelloFresh. You get farm-fresh ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I love HelloFresh because let me tell you, the weeks are so busy when you have a kid in school All you can think about is, I need easy dinner. HelloFresh makes it so easy, and we really love all of our options. With over 35 weekly recipes, there's something to please everyone. You can also easily customize your recipes by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading to choice proteins, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. Quality is HelloFresh's priority. Ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days, so you know they're fresh. Look, I love to cook, but the holidays can get so busy, and it's really the one time of the year that I love to operate smarter, not harder, right? (laughs) So, you know, with meals like the beef flautus supreme, the shrimp spaghetti with a kick, and my favorite is the mushu pork bowls. My whole family is happy and satisfied. Go to HelloFresh.com slash OC65 and use code OC65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash OC65 and use code OC65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Speaking of my dad boning Julie Cooper, uh, summer there's a the, the doorbell rings. It's a package for Neil. What's in the package? Well, <laughs> two cruise tickets, two lovers love boat cruise tickets to Cabo. <laughs> what does Neil do on cruises? He proposes marriage every time. Every time. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> so Summer freaks out. She freaks out. And understandably so. I, and, you know, now the stakes are higher because Summer knows they're going on a cruise. She thinks you guys are getting married, right? She decides, I got to tell Marissa about our parents because now you're going to potentially be getting married to him. So she feels like she needs to go talk to Marissa. So she shows up. What's Marissa doing? She knows Ryan's birthday's coming up. Making him a mix CD, man. Yeah, she has a good she has a good point about that. What? She's like, oh no, it's just a gift. And she's like, oh no, you're getting into romantic. What's the term that she uses? I don't know. It's like a very deep romantic. Well, did you ever make people a mix no. CD? Never. No? no. Never? I've never done that. I I mean, that's the way to show someone you like them is sending right. songs or making mixed CDs. Like, that was our love language for sure. Like, in high school and stuff, like, I have so many old CDs with Sharpie written on them and stuff with these playlists that are super, like, late 90s, early 2000 jams, yeah. if I can even say that. Uh, and that was exactly how you told someone you cared about them. You've never done that? I don't well, mix tapes. We we used to make tapes when we had cassette tapes right. in the 80s, but sure. we made them for ourselves. So I guess You never we, made one or a playlist? Like nowadays, like I fully make a playlist if I like a, somebody or a guy. No, no. Oh, well, no. Boyfriends, My whatever. husband and I have one. You have songs? Yeah, we definitely have one that he made like a while back, but I haven't done anything lately. Well, like not that. lately. I mean, you're married for a while, but yeah. I just mean like when you're dating, when you like someone. So anyway, she's doing this. I'm really touched by this. And the song that's playing obviously is... Uh, Callback to season one. I believe it's the song in the model home episode. 
Yeah, she's not at a Jeff Buckley song yet, but yeah, she's actually, no. it's actually playing, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm really touched by the song. So Summer's like witnessing all of this and she backtracks. She's like, I'm not going to spill the beans now about the bone dance. Yeah, no, the bone exactly when she needs to. Right. Yeah, she doesn't do and that. And so what she says is, Ryan's having a birthday party and you're invited. And Marissa's like, does Did Ryan she... know you're in... <laughs> yeah. he's inviting me? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And I get that. She's not going to go if he doesn't invite her. I would never show up to a party if like the guy that I was dating and it was his party and he didn't invite me. No chance. Right. Agreed? I totally. Okay. The other thing that's happening is that um, Matt shows up um, on the pier to give Marissa the the letter, I guess. You know, she's like, the oh, investigation yeah. is over. The whole Matt-Marissa thing. It's okay. so odd. It's so odd. But... But he's following up. He's like, the investigation's over. Mm-hmm. How do how did he know know that? I'm not. I don't really know. Sure. He's not a lawyer, is he? And no. And maybe <laughs> Sandy was like, "Hey, will you give this to Marissa?" Okay, Who sure. knows? Sure. But, I'll, I'll buy that. But they're having a conversation, and then all of a sudden, Volchuk is there. So she's like, "What is going on? Like, why are you are you stalking me?" And he says, he is. "No." He says, <laughs> "Something's going on in that brain, and I can help." And that's and all of a sudden, Matt comes up and says, "Are you?" And then she's like. He grabs her arm yeah, and then it gets yeah. misunderstood. But I don't really understand why the police are like, I need your ID and to talk to you. Like, it's a little extreme. He didn't all do that, anything. I watch TikTok and that stuff goes on all the time. Oh, really? T- yeah. They're like, ID, please. ID, please. So and weird. people say, mm. but he did grab her. And he did grab her. Sure. So we'll give them that. He did grab her. In the meantime, yes, he's um, he's there. But he's get he's he is just depositing just a little bit of info into marissa but he's like i know something's going on with you you're lonely you're greet whatever it is but i'm here for you to help you and but he but as soon as soon as somebody else comes around he's just rude you know he can't help himself yeah. he's volchuk i guess so it's actually ryan's birthday now it's ryan's official birthday on the day yeah and seth wants to know if he got any phone calls from none nothing from marissa which is um what seth really wanted to know and mm-hmm. He's like, no. So because he's basically said, I didn't invite her. And he's like, okay, man, I'm glad you're moving on yeah, from he's her. moving on. You know? And that, and, he, and that Sadie's not going to come because she's going to LA. He's like, and Sadie's not coming either. He's like, yeah, but did you tell her Marissa wasn't going to come? Uh, like, here's Seth going, you need to like actually. For the first time ever, Seth is like, yo. <laughs> Seth, you know, it's so interesting how sometimes it's because Seth is actually helping the other characters right now. Yeah. He's, he's serving. Yeah. He hasn't had a... Um, Self, uh, self-centered issue yeah, lately. Yeah, a self-centered storyline. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. But in the meantime, he mentions that Sandy is in Albuquerque and he's going to get back. So when we move to Al- Albuquerque, he actually is meeting Dawn in prison. Right. So she's got bigger problems than just a few little problems. Yes, yes. Um, she's yes. been writing bad checks. She's been writing bad checks. She's in prison. What's even more, like, not strange, but surprising is he just gets her out of prison. Very quickly. Can I just say something? I love this Sandy. I love Sandy being a public defender. Right. And him saying- Back to the roots. I'm going to take a look at your case. And then when he does get Mm -hmm. her out, Mm -hmm. he literally says, I got you out under the condition. I want you to come to this party. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come to a party. And Mm -hmm. then go to a treatment center Mm -hmm. and um, repay your debt. 
which I did for you. And I thought, oh my, I love this public defender, Sandy. Yeah, it's a nice, why it's did, nice to see again. And then I thought, why didn't they do more of this yeah. in this show? Like, why have him do this corporate thing? And why, it would? I just started picturing Sandy doing a lot more of the um, public defender helping people like this. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it just warmed my heart more. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a good question for Josh, like why they didn't choose to do that with him. I thought that was interesting that he didn't, he wasn't as much of a lawyer throughout the series as right. he was as he started. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Also, Ryan does inform Sadie that he winds up not inviting Marissa. Yeah. That's, yeah, during the, well, after he gave her the, yes. the pound, yeah, the yeah. pound present. Pound. <laughs> Every time you pound, think of me. Right. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. You know, I thought it was interesting. So when Marissa, all of a sudden, the next day, she's like, she's looking for Volchuk. Yeah. And then she finds another hot surfer dude. Yep. J.D. Pardo. And he's the star of Mayans MC on FX. Oh. Yeah. It's the same world as Sons of Anarchy. Oh, right. So he's the, yeah, he went on to have a really good. Awesome. Nice career. But I love that he's like, what? You hooked up and he hasn't returned your call. And she instantly says, no, it was a friend of Johnny. And his facade drops. Uh And he's like, look, he's been acting strange. So look for him at his his construction job. (laughs) At his construction (laughs) job. Can we just go to the construction job for a second? His construction job. It's a very familiar I did not recognize it when I first saw it. I think I did. But maybe I just knew. I don't know. But what's weird to me is his construction attire. I thought they were hard hats in construction. Do they not? Not only is he wearing a sleeveless shirt. I'm not even going to call it a tank top. It's a sleeveless shirt. No, it's a tank. He's wearing yeah. a tank and his jeans. And he's still like, looks like Volchuk, but he's in construction. <laughs> what? What does this mean to you? Is it hot? No. Urgent? Okay. <laughs> It's confusing. I kept thinking, like, there's no scaffolding. Literally, they're putting the finishing touches. They're just, he's just putting a little paint. Maybe they're not actually who, pounding. Who paints and does construction in a spandex tight black oh. muscle tee or tank? Well, full track does. And then starts smoking. <laughs> well, that, and then of course he's like, what did I tell you about that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That is. And totally- they're in the model home. So she figures it out when he says, you know, this house burned down once. Yep. And she instantly gets this flashback. So panic attack, I'd like to say. Yeah. Flashback, which is like all the feels and then Mm -hmm. faints and falls down the stairs. Falls down the stairs. Well, okay. So this, first of all, I was like, there's something, this is very plausible. Okay. Because I had to think about this because I've actually fainted a few times in my life. Falling down the stairs? No, I'm not falling down the stairs, but <laughs> okay. I fell off a bar stool. Oh, boy. But, Mindy, but <laughs> did you faint or did you pass out? It was a true, okay. no alcohol. Oh. Well, no, there was a little. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is it's connected to emotions. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing is she, she's not been eating. So there's something called a vaso. It's vasovagal response. And, and it literally is a blo- drop in blood pressure. And it started when I was 13. When I was in Germany, there was a car accident with our whole soccer team. Oh, my and God. I, um, afterwards, I got I I had to take all the information when I was um, babysitting and hear that the whole soccer team had been in this car accident, and then I had a little like fainting spell. Then when I was eighteen, I picked up a um, a boyfriend from the hospital after a car accident, and then in my twenties, I remember I hadn't really eaten all day. I was busy, and we went to Mexican food. And then we were at a bar and somebody was telling me about a movie with a crash in it. And all of a sudden I just what? slipped off and I woke up 
to all these really hot firemen <gasps> in West Hollywood. And they were like, what are you on? I'm like, I ate Mexican food. And it turned out that I literally just, there's certain things that make me kind of drop. Um, so anytime there's a car accident, you'll faint. He, I, that and maybe in a hospital with CG getting her tonsils out. Little things like that. I'm one of those faint. I can be a fainter. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. So when I saw this, she's like in emotional shock. Mm -hmm. She's not eating, although I passed out from eating too much. And have you not ever fainted? I've never fainted. I've been in a horrific car accident yes. that knocked me the fuck out, but I've never fainted. But as I was just talking about it, it's really interesting how like you emotions, feel it in like your body. I literally had this little feeling of like the sense memory. So it's a really interesting thing that there's, she is... Gr Grief and shock can cause that drop in oh, blood sure, pressure. Sure. And so there I really felt this. Yeah. And I totally forgot this. So watching this was kind of an interesting thing. Um, poor little I mean, it's scary too. Absolutely. You know, she just lost maybe the love of her life. Oof. And she's, you know, this combo of things that just make you because emotions are physical reactions in mm -hmm. our bodies. Mm -hmm. And whether it's adrenaline or low blood pressure or you know, we've literally seen people, one of my favorite funniest home videos yeah. is a woman who is so surprised she just went and passed out. <laughs> so these things can happen. For sure yeah. they can. Um, so the one scene I want to talk about is when Ryan decides to go and invite Marissa. Yeah. And she's well, not you know, there. Because right before that, remember when he sees Kirsten and she says, well, you didn't invite her. Oh, and how was she when she when you told her? Right. And right, Ryan's right. like, Don't, I hate uh, it when parents do that. When like then you're guilt ridden with doing the right thing. And you're yeah. like, God damn it. I was just going to ignore this. And now well, I have this guilty conscience and I have to go deal with it. Well, and, <laughs> and she does it with this like, what? Yeah. Like an adult perspective right. is, no, you you say, hey, I'm having a birthday. You communicate. I'm mm -hmm. having a birthday party. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, so I'm not giving you an invite. I can't do that as an adult. Yeah. How how hard would that be? So then he ends up going. Well, at first, then he goes to her place. He did. He he chickens out, and then he comes back. Right. And and she's not there. She's not there. And he just goes on in, and I'm like, oh, it's unlocked. And then she actually says that later, like, oh, we leave it unlocked because yeah. I was like, guys, it's just unlocked. Anyway. And he finds the CD and he starts to play it. But what I'm realizing, because that's really like, oh. Talk about emotional and heartstrings, right? Yeah. But I think in this scene, I'm like, oh, he's actually over it. So he can give her the invite. He can leave her the invitation. But it, like he stops playing it and he doesn't take, you know what I mean? Like it's just like his reaction to the CD and stuff. Like obviously he's feeling things. But I kind of felt like in that moment while he's listening and everything else, he was kind of like, this is the past. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah. There's something to be said about he can remember why he fell for this mm -hmm. person. And mm -hmm. he's, of course, music will make you do that. Ugh, and music's send you the worst. straight back to that moment. But anyway, we're at Ryan's party. Mm -hmm. And Seth had decided. Not just a regular Ryan party. He, he decided on a future theme. So you have a picture of a cowboy Ryan. Uh -huh. And a picture of a fireman and a wrestler. Yeah. It's really funny. It's kind of um, has flavors of what's coming up in season four. Some of the wacky stuff. That's you're coming. saying that to me like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. And yeah, it's hilarious. All the Photoshop faces on all these different bodies. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't have any friends and he just, he no. or, he invited all these random he people. He invited random, including unhoused people. Isn't that correct now? You say unhoused. Unhoused people. He the met them at Ralph's. He met yeah, them at Ralph's. Yeah, to fill out the space. It's hilarious. It was odd and funny. 
But anyway, they're they're getting it on at the bait shop. But in the, but in the meantime, Volchek is bringing Marissa home, uh-huh. and she has sprained her wrist, and she's got a pretty bad bruise on her forehead. And mm-hmm. he's actually taking care of her. He's um you know he's like let me you know go in get some ice. But, We're starting uh, to see another side to Volchek. Yeah, he's like, you want to tell me what what was going on? She's like, mm-hmm. I doubt you'd be interested. And he's like, well, try me. And sure enough, he, she explains that it's about Ryan and the model home burning. And he's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but then he does this kind of Volchek-esque. This is the way he becomes. This is his version of being vulnerable where he was like, look, my issue was that my mom always said, you know, why can't you be more like Johnny? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you be more like Timmy is his, his, his example. And he said, and Johnny was that for me. Be more like him. Mm-hmm. He was my example of a good guy. He did it. He did everything right and he died. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Right. And like I said last time that I know p- people that were very, that have that kind of reaction. Like, why wasn't it me? Carry it with that survivor guilt. So uh-huh. he's with a serious survivor. He survivor really, yeah, guilt. yeah, absolutely. And that I need, he needs some company, and he knows that Marissa's in the same thing. It's kind right. of the same thing. Chili was saying that, you know, you and I are the only ones who know what's going on. But you, I think, grief does make people do interesting things, and they come together in interesting ways. Like Marissa, really seems to not have much of anyone right now because of this, and she's not really sure why she's isolating, and she's lost Ryan, and and and. I think Ryan is Ryan is grieving too, but they can't do it together. Right. And so so they are. They are at their on their own. Right. And then Sandy shows up at the bait shop, clearly without Dawn. Yes. She backs out. Because she didn't show up. Yeah. She didn't show up. She leaves a letter for Ryan. Yeah. Sandy delivers a letter. The way um Daphne Ashbrook played it, you know, she was really like she's still in her self absorbed or selfish, you know, addiction or whatever she is, but she, it was probably a smart move for her to not show up Mm -hmm. to a party. If she can't even get on a plane and do that Uh and she's still running scared, you know, Sandy can't force that. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I kind of understand that. Yes. Okay. And so now at the party, Seth is about to reveal the big surprise. Oh yeah. He kept talking about your mind's going to get blown by this big surprise. This huge surprise that he has waiting for Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to a band plays. And you think it's a tribute band for Journey. Because he says it's a tribute band for Journey. You think it because he says it. Right. And then they sing. And I'm like, I love this song. For a girl like you to come into my life. And then it's it's a band called Cobra Verde. Verde. Yeah. And I, I kind of looked them up. I guess they aren't together anymore. So they aren't a cover band. For uh-uh. some reason, they played this song for us. Mm-hmm. And they actually had a memory of going into the costume, the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And the wardrobe wanted to dress them like the Ramones. And they were like, aren't the Ramones kind of the opposite of Foreigner? <laughs> and they were like, whatever. <laughs> so they kind of dressed them like the Ramones. Oh, that's, that was that's funny. No, I guess they weren't dressed quite. Right. It would have been funny if they were dressed like Journey, singing Foreigner. Right. But th- but Seth ends up, everyone knows it. Yeah. Sadie says it. Yeah. Summer says it. Yeah. And Seth says, oh, I know. Foreigner's just way cooler than, than Journey. <laughs> well, there's your little selfish moment from Seth. This there episode. you go. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get a... <laughs> His selfishness actually, reared its ugly head. Is that? Do you think that's a? Is that a Josh thing? That foreigners cooler than Journey? I don't know, but I, Ben loved Journey, so it's a Schwartzism that even Journey is like there. Ryan's favorite band. Yeah, 
But I would like to know. Can we talk about... I think it was just funny. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes things don't have to have a meaning. It's just plain it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. That's how... That's what those genius writers do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Julie and Dr. Roberts, when they did hook up, it was actually... It was kind of cute. I was like... And then when Summer, she's standing there going, Neil, where are you? Mm-hmm. And she runs into Summer. First of all, I love this scene. They're starting well, there's not ha- many scenes with Julie and Summer. Well, they're starting, and I think this is interesting. So when she's like, look, I know. And then she kind of explains the whole cruise thing. And Julie's uh-huh. like, no, we are nowhere close to getting being that serious. But then she's like, oh, and it's first class. And how sweet. And I need a bikini. Mm-hmm. And awkward. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there because then they started writing for us in season four. Mm-hmm. Well, you're dating my dad. Yeah, that's true. And living <laughs> and living in his house. And we're living in the yes, same house. <laughs> yeah. But I kept thinking that it's interesting to see this is a completely different Julie. Yeah, and she's so excited and happy and it's cute. Yeah. And I like our dynamic. Yeah. It's funny. because and then I thought, you know, we don't we never really see a mother figure with Summer, Mm-mm. but it's the closest Ever. thing that she gets to. I get Julie Cooper. <laughs> you get Julie <laughs> Cooper. Yeah. So the cruise. So the whole thing is like my dad proposes on cruises and like the whole. Yeah. And w- we find out that the cruise he originally booked for Step Monster, he was going to repropose to her and try to salvage the marriage. Yeah. But with a ring. With a ring, which we still see. So you guys are going to go on the cruise. He still busts out this ring. And let me tell you, that's a honker. But I, it's so funny. Like he, It's like it has to be the ring from that he was going to use. But why would he? Like, what is he thinking? Like, is he going to? He can't pro- go on a cr- cruise without proposing. But why would he propose with a? He couldn't be that, that. That's not a smart move to propose with the old ring. Clearly, the man <laughs> has a chronic So that's marriage a, this is his problem. fault. <laughs> you know, okay, so... You know people that are just, like, addicted to things? He's addicted to proposing on cruises. It's just in case or something. That's, like, an odd well, thing. Well, do you guys get engaged? Spoiler alert, on the cruise? I, I'm not going to say, and I don't quite remember. We don't know yet. Yeah. You're I know, not I'm, in the next episode. No, I because we're on the cruise. Oh, you're in Cabo. Yeah, we're, we're on a cruise. Cabo. There was another cute scene with Julie when she's eating pancakes with Marissa. And she's like, oh, pancakes, a short check. It's just the perfect um, portion. She's like, what do you have to say to me, Mom? What, what, Like, I need to get going. And she's like, well, I've been seeing Dr. Roberts. And she's like, what? What have you had done? Yeah, what have you had done? <laughs> and she's like, oh. Actually. I never knew my dad was a plastic surgeon, by the way. Did we know that? Yeah. I oh, was just kidding. I knew that. <laughs> I totally knew that. <laughs> I so knew that. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the OC. Yes, welcome to the OC. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was so funny where she's like, oh, actually, that's not a bad idea. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe you could give me a little something, something. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was interesting. She's like, I, you're dating him? She's okay with it. And so is Summer. I mean, Summer sees that her dad's happy. But I, I guess the writers decided that the girls would be okay with it because mm-hmm. they wanted them to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I still think, like, was it weird for you, for your parents to be with other people? I still think it's always odd, right? But, like, this is, like, my best friend's mom. So there's also, like, oh, my God, we could be actual sisters. Yeah. You know, there's that mentality here. But you know so much about Julie and her deviance. Yeah, that's true. Deviance it's true. Again. They're handling it really well I and maturely. So. Like, my dad's happy, so I'm happy. No, I think Marissa turned a corner when she saw that she wanted, she actually did what what most kids want is for their parents to get back together. Uh-huh. And she's like, let's do it. I love him. And she actually saw that I think Julie loved her dad. Mm-hmm. And then he, when Jimmy ditched her, 
Mm-hmm. She was like, and that, and then when Julie's pulling herself up by the bootstraps and living in a trailer, mm-hmm. her whole perception of her mom has changed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your relationship has, yeah. has changed. It's progressed and all of that. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. So okay. In the meantime, back at the party when um he he introduces it, they you know they also met Sadie. Kirsten and Sandy met mm. Sadie, which mm-hmm. was a good moment. Too. Oh wait, no, hold on. Marissa goes to the party with the CD. Ryan's outside reading the letter from his mom. Yes. Marissa sees him, decides not to go and give it to him. In that moment, I felt really sad about Ryan and Marissa. But then Sadie comes up. She doesn't go to L.A. She chooses. She said it was was time to make a decision as well. And she went to Ryan. And I actually, I do really like them together. So that's why. So there was a moment when you were talking that my, my take was that Ryan listened to the music and he thought, okay, I'm just going to give her the invitation. I can't not invite her, regardless of what it means mm-hmm. or doesn't mean. I'm still uh-huh. going to leave her the invitation. Uh-huh. And so then Marissa shows up. And by Marissa, when she decided not to walk in, she was definitely cutting, making a decision not to go. They both did. Yeah. Because he gave her the invitation, you can come, but then she didn't show up. Yeah, but in the trailer, he stops the CD, What you know. Leaves, leaves the invitation. She doesn't go in. They both make the decision. Yeah. Boom. I think we've covered Yeah, we've covered everything. the episode. I mean, it ends with everyone dancing. It ends with Marissa laying her shol- her head on Volchek's shoulder. Oh, right. He showed up and she says, like can point we just that out. sit? Yeah. I, th- I feel like Ryan still has a little bit lingering based on what's happening in the next episode. I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I don't think I agree. We'll go. We'll get there. Okay. Let's listen to some voicemails. Okay. Hi, ladies. My name is Jessica. I'm 32 years old and watching The OC for the first time. And I have to say that I am obsessed. I have been binge watching it for the past month and can't get enough. I find Seth totally adorable in every way. But I would have to say I'm probably Team Ryan. Also, Melinda, I find all of the scenes of you in the trailer and yelling at Gus absolutely hilarious. (laughs) My first question is for Melinda. Were those scenes in the trailer fun to film, or did you enjoy being a noopsie more? My second question is, why does Julie send Caitlin off to boarding school when Marissa gets to stay in Newport and go to Harbor? I was wondering if there was a reason that she didn't come back for high school. Thanks, ladies. Love the podcast. Well, there's the character um, decision, and then there's the writer decision, right? (laughs) Take it uh, away. Take well, it away. First of all, I think the trailer was way more satisfying as an actor and also just as a storyline when you see a character in a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. It's it's more interesting for us as performers to do things that aren't the same all the time. Um and it and it what's interesting is all kinds of things can affect your performance, whether it's your costume, what you're wearing, the storyline. So what, what I was just saying earlier is that Julie's coming from a completely, she's taken down the facade of all the appearances and I mean, she always has an appearance, but, but yes, this, the trailer um, scenes were quite funny. And also everyone looks so huge in that trailer because it was actually a real trailer. <laughs> then what was the other question real quick about sending Caitlin to boarding oh. school? So, she, I have an answer. Uh, my guess is that Caleb prepaid her and that she's already in mm. school because how does Julie affording it? 
So I feel like they prepaid and Julie was smart enough to do that. And she just wanted to finish um, the school year out. I think you sent her off because her equestrian habit was so expensive that you were like, well, the lesser of two evils. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or the school or when a school actually has equestrian. Which they do it's built those into the price, it's built yeah. into the price. But that's the only way that I could think that she could continue to go there is if they had prepaid and she um, had it paid like that. But, By yeah. the way, Jessica, we love that you're 32 and watching it for the first time. So thank you. I love it. Thanks. Next. Hey, Melinda and Rachel. Uh, thanks so much for putting on this podcast. A uh, huge fan of the OC since my childhood, and honestly, I rewatch the show probably on an annual basis. Uh, I have a question today about the score on the OC. So obviously, uh, the OC had a huge impact uh, uh, in terms of its music, um, but you know, also integral to the show is the score that weaves, you know, throughout all of the episodes. Uh, noticeably, I know that the composer uh, changed between season one uh, and the rest of the series, uh, and I feel like Josh had kind of alluded to the fact that maybe he didn't really like the score. Um, but I just wanted to know, you know, what your thoughts are on the score and, uh, you know, why there was a change uh, between season one and, and the rest of the seasons. Uh, and, you know, how do you think the score impacted uh, the drama and comedy on the show? Thanks so much. It's interesting, Omar, that you bring this up, something that we know nothing about. But I will say I did notice as I was watching these two episodes, because we watched two. I really noticed the score, mm -hmm. you know, when they play up the comedy and then they play up yeah. the drama. Christopher Ting did leave. <clears throat> I don't know the exact answer. I do know it. There was something that wasn't quite right. Really I don't know fit. if it, there wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't a perfect fit. I no. think. But Some, score is really important because it yeah. can really make or break anything. Like sometimes it's so distracting, and sometimes it really, you know, beefs up both scene. Yes. No. I mean, like it's it's. An integral part, if you watch anything without music and you then you put the music on, it literally is telling the audience what to feel like this in the, because the dialogue could be very serious, but if you've got some do 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 do, it could actually lighten the mood. Mm -hmm. So it's really an important um, part of the show. And maybe we could have one or two of the composers on. Yeah. And I like that, you know. As Omar was watching, he noticed yeah. the difference. Very yeah. cool. Thank There's you, There's some very Omar. specific ones coming up with Volchek and Marissa that we can talk about next episode. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, this is John from Reseda. This one's for Rachel. Uh, I used to, I started watching the OC because I worked with Jane Espenson when I was on, uh, I worked for the writers of Angel for the first two seasons a couple of years ago. And uh, at the time she was working on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then later would also work on Firefly. And I don't know if you remember this, but you actually appeared in one of the final episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as one of Xander's dream girls, fantasy girls. Oh. Do you have any recollection of that whatsoever? I Second do. Second thing, oh, more. Heart of Dixie. I have season one and two on DVD. Season four is available. Season three, not to be found anywhere in the world. What's up with that? Help. Oh, have a great day. And thank you. So I think you're confusing shows because I feel like season three, the OC is the one that Josh is so embarrassed by. I have no idea why they hid Heart of Dixie season three. <laughs> That's so weird. I have no idea. I'm going to ask Lila Gerstein, the creator, what's up with that? I apologize, John. Also, I do remember the Buffy thing. I don't think I talk. Maybe I do. I know it was one of my first things, and I think we're insinuating a threesome with one of the main character guys. <laughs> I did not watch Buffy. 
But it was one of the first things I did, and we are insinuating a threesome. Hmm. Not my finest moment, but one of my last little things before the OC. Hmm. There you go. I believe. I love all that I did trivia. commercials, and then I did, I was a glorified background, they called it, uh, on Eight Simple Rules. Where I met John Ritter, who was the nicest man. Oh my man. gosh, I loved him. Oh my, and Katie Siegel, who was, you know what? She was intimidating and scary, but also like super complimentary to me, Aww. which was really nice. Uh, and I remember hearing when John Ritter passed, we were shooting on the OC in Marina Del Rey. Hey. One of, in like the season, the, the, oh my God, I have no memory and I'm remembering this, but where we're on the boat and like, and the ocean's so vast, you know, like that guy saying that, and yeah. I have the polka dot thing on. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was that, and we found out John Ritter passed, and it was devastating, even though I had only had a short encounter with him. Yeah. Sorry, this is nothing to do with he's, Buffy, but yes, he, he's my starring roles on Eight Simple Rules and Buffy the Vampire my, Slayer. He has some of my favorite performances. Oh my of, god, of all time! What an any incredibly yes. nice human. Okay, we thanks, have... John. Sorry, <laughs> that was long winded. <laughs> One more from Billy. Hi, Rachel and Melinda. Love the podcast so much. The OC is still one of my favorite shows, even after all these years. It's very near and dear to my heart. Just reminds me of some good times back when I was in my early 20s when the show was live. But um, every time you guys mention how close you are to the end of the show and your rewatch, it kind of makes me a little sad because it makes me worried that the podcast is going to end very soon and that I'll have to say goodbye to you two again. (laughs) Um, But I guess the question is, what's going to happen when you reach the end of the show, when you get to the series finale um, in your rewatch? Are you going to rewatch the show again? Um, (laughs) Are you going to do more table reads or maybe something else? Maybe you guys could write um, some more episodes of the OC for yourself to read out loud on the podcast. It's just an idea. That's or so do we have to say goodbye to you again? Oh my God. Um, the suspense is killing me. I just want to know. Oh my God. Thank gosh. you so much. And the podcast is great. Aw, Billy. Aww. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Cast, what is up next? <laughs> well, yeah, that's not a question for us. Uh, I don't no, know. I, I don't... have a pitch. Okay, you pitch. We do another podcast where every single episode is like table read style where we are reading the actual episodes or acting them out. Oh. Okay. That's a pitch. Boom. Boom. <laughs> well, or we just have Michael Cassidy come back and start with episode Michael Cassidy one. is going to take over the podcast <laughs> and just redo every single episode himself. Yes. That's another pitch. Yeah. And we'll just sit here and listen to him. Yeah, no, I just want to hear his commentary on all right, of Right, exactly. We don't say anything. He, he talks. Nothing at all. Yeah. That was really sweet, Billy. No, very sweet. We we don't know what's going it's to happen. It's bittersweet. It's we'll, bittersweet. We, we don't have, because we have a very limited number of shows. I mean, we could do some bonus ups, that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I, I say feel we like, read all the apps. I feel like you and I could go back and do a couple episodes better than we did in the beginning. I will tell you this. If we do it again, I guarantee you, I will remember nothing and it'll be <laughs> it'll like the be first brand time. New. It'll be brand new. It'll be completely, completely yes, in the moment. Yes. It all will. right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> Follow, rate, and review. Welcome to the OC Bitches, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like to watch us, check it out on YouTube. Bye, bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches is brought to you by Cast Media. Executive produced by Colin Thompson, Harris Lane, produced by Katie Kurtwright. Edited by Parker Flores and our technical engineers, Travis Holden and Dustin Park.